Welcome to Life Talk, a series of thought-provoking podcasts specifically developed to thoroughly enrapture, dynamically expand, and potentially enrich your life by challenging your heart. And now, here's Craig. In another podcast, I talked about discouragement. I want to build on that thought regarding discouragement. I and I want us to become kind of dense to discouragement, just kind of live our lives in a way that we really don't respond to discouragement. You know, there are many things, I mean, innumerable things we could sit all day and talk about, all the things that cause discouragement, so many, in fact, that if we were to attempt to cite them, the list would be nearly endless. So I have no no interest in going there. Because if you think about it, developing a list of that nature would be terribly discouraging anyway. Yeah, you know, despite the fact that developing a list about the things we're discouraged about is discouraging, that's what we seem to do anyway. We seem to think about all the things we're discouraged about. And if you think about it, that thought process, then discouragement begets discouragement. Discouragement feeds on itself as we think about what causes our discouragement and then we dwell on the actual feeling of discouragement itself. And in the end of all of that kind of thinking, it devolves to the point where we become discouraged about being discouraged, and that causes us to forget what it was that caused our discouragement in the first place. And all I can say is all of that is discouraging. Lynn Abbey wrote, I'm dense when it comes to discouragement. I think that's a great statement we need to be thinking about. I'm dense when it comes to discouragement. So my question is, how do we move in that direction? Maybe rather than immerse ourselves in a negative list making and, and pondering our discouragement while we're doing that, it may be better to take an entirely different approach. And so I think it might be wise to look at discouragement as a, really a feeling that's more likely determined by our response to a situation or how we respond to these things rather than being dictated by the actual situation itself or the nature of the situation. Now that is not a new idea by any stretch at all. Yet here's some some thoughts I want to give you to make us a little more dense to discouragement. So think about this. If our discouragement is based more on our response to a situation, then that says that our reaction to a situation can actually be more powerful than the situation itself. Now I want you to think about that. If, if discouragement is really based a whole lot more on our response to the situation than the actual situation itself, then our reaction to that situation can actually be more powerful than the situation itself. And therefore, I think it would be it would be wise in certain situations, probably many situations actually, where where we are actually powerful in determining our response to a situation, and we are more powerful in doing that than the situation itself is. And if indeed we have that kind of power, how do we use it more effectively? Well, I would have you think about what determines our response anyway. And I, as I see it, our response has a whole lot more to do with our perspective. So I think the, the size or the severity or the magnitude of whatever we're dealing with is in part dictated by how we see it. How we see a situation or how we interpret it then determines how we're going to respond to it. So we can be predisposed to make things bigger than what they really are, sometimes a whole lot bigger, or 
we can minimize them, thereby making them smaller than what they really are. But either way, we can skew things out of proportion, making them something that they're not. And whatever we make them out to be is what we'll respond to. And so I think we have to balance out our responses. If our responses have that much power, I think we want our responses then to be balanced. And so in balancing out our response, we do really want to balance out our view of whatever it is that we're responding to. And I think what we all want, I know what I want, is to, to, to uh, my view of something to really represent what this thing or this challenge or this obstacle or this person or whatever this loss is. We want it to represent what that thing really is, not what I've made it out to be. And we can start to achieve that balance. And we can become, I think, truly a bit more dense to discouragement by applying the following things. So let me give you a list here of five different things I would have you think about. And we're going to go through these briefly. Number one, adjust your expectations accordingly. Look, adjust your expectations. We, what we tend to do is, is we gauge something based on our expectations of that thing, not on the merits of the thing itself. So we hold things up to what we think they should be. What they should be is typically determined by what? Well, our expectations of them. So we use our expectations as a form of measurement and evaluation. Therefore, if our expectations are excessively high or uh, conversely excessively low, the person or the situation is now going to be ranked by those expectations. So we might want to make certain that the expectations that we have are balanced and appropriate. It's important that the expectations are reasonable. Now, now that doesn't mean, because people think this, that doesn't mean that we abandon personal views. It doesn't mean that we're throwing away belief systems. It doesn't mean we're sidestepping standards or of morality or ethics. It doesn't mean any of that. What it means is that we, that we apply those correctly and in a balanced fashion to the person or the situation. So when that's done, we can then view the situation more accurately based on what it is, not based on what our expectations of it should be, because those can be two different things. And by balancing our expectations and seeing the situation more accurately, we're going to be more likely to be what? Well, dense to disappointment. Number two, and I call this welcome to the real world. We need to recognize that is life is not fair. It is, it's just not. We have this inherent, deeply ingrained sense of justice that things should be right and things should work themselves out fairly. And there's nothing wrong at all with the idea of justice and fairness other than in a world that's unfair, they don't always prevail. Reality is that life can be unfair and unjust. Things can be unmerited in our lives. They can be unwarranted. Things can happen to us that are, were undeserved. Things can be really quite unconscionable. And sometimes things can be entirely unreasonable. Situations that, that we deal with can be biased. They can be discriminatory. They can be prejudicial. They can be imbalanced. They can be big, bigoted. They can be entirely one-sided. Because we live in a world where things are not necessarily fair. Francis Ford Coppola wrote, I remember teachers who really singled me out for their discouragement. Well, that's not right. That kind of stuff is not right at all, but it happens. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't fight it, and it doesn't mean that we don't work to obtain fairness and justice. It doesn't mean that at all. Rather, it simply means 
that it's a part of life and the world that we live in. That injustice and unfairness is a reality of our world. And if we embrace that and understand that, we're going to be more dense to disappointment. Three, not getting my way really might not be the best thing or the best way. Often our discouragement is based on the fact that things didn't work out how? Well, the way we had planned or we had intended. Sometimes we are so caught up in the disappointment of our plans gone astray or our hopes derailed that, that we fail to recognize the potentially new options that might now exist. Because when it doesn't go the way we wanted it to, all we see is what didn't happen. That's all we're seeing. We don't see what now might be actually able to happen given that the situation has shifted. We don't realize that sometimes new opportunities can only be realized when these old plans have been moved out of the way. Bishop Robert Salth wrote, Defeat should never be a source of discouragement, but rather a fresh stimulus. Yeah, it didn't work out the way we wanted to. We had our dreams, we had our ideas, we had the way we wanted this to go, and it didn't work out that way at all. And so we, 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 we can plant ourselves squarely on, on the loss, and we can complain about the loss, and we can deal with all the disappointment, or we can do something much different. We can look for something fresh that may have not been there before. Fourthly, the way we can become dense to discouragement is ask, well, what's the bigger picture? Sometimes our losses are our biggest saving graces. I am so grateful for so many things in my life that didn't work out the way I wanted them to at the time. We move so quickly in our worlds that we lose sight of where we're going in the first place. We, we run around doing this and doing that in some sort of helter-skelter existence that by and large has lost all sense of a clear goal. And you know, sometimes we need to pull up and ask where our actions and our decisions are taking us. Other than being actions and decisions for the sake of actions and decisions, which is a lot of what our actions or decisions are about. Therefore, when things don't work out, Rather than disappointment, maybe we ought to think about reorientation. Maybe we ought to ask, what is the bigger picture? Maybe we ought to ask, what have I been missing in this myopic pursuit of whatever it is that is now not happening? And then fifthly and finally, look, here's, here's a question you can ask about just about anything. What's really important anyway? When we face a disappointment, we might ask, what's life really about anyway? In the big picture, is this loss or this disappointment as large and as important as it seems to be? We, we tend to take these things and we magnify them and we end up granting them a whole lot more importance than they actually possess, sometimes a whole lot more importance. And in the end, when it's all said and done, this loss that we've experienced, will it really matter as much as we think it does? Are these losses really the deal breaker that we've made them out to be? Do our lives really hinge on whatever this disappointment is as much as we've apparently come to believe that it does? What's really important anyway? What's life really about in the end? And asking the larger questions and putting the loss in the context of where it needs to be. And so I would encourage you to Adjust your expectations accordingly. 
I would, hey, say welcome to the real world, man. It's uh, Life is not just and it's not fair. I certainly fight for that stuff, but realize we live in that kind of world. Realize that not getting my way might be the best way. We just don't recognize that. we got to ask, look, what's the bigger picture here? What am I missing in the midst of my loss that maybe I need to be paying attention to? And then finally, of course, what's really important anyway? Is this as important as I think it is? So rethink how you think. And when you do, you may become a bit more dense to discouragement and a whole lot more balanced in enjoying the life that you're living. So go live that life today, and in the living of it, have a great day. Thank you for joining us for Life Talk. For further information or additional resources, please visit www.craiglpc.com.